my network had really like no creatives I mean besides like a few of my friends that I just kind of like grew up with here like I I didn't know anyone else like so it was the same way just like I left you know my job at Vince Camuto and was searching for open internships and assisting and stuff like that that's the only way that I made my networking it wasn't like I just kind of like knew someone while I was working I was like hey I'm trying to do this like it was just the same way it was like I was applying and I interviewed and ended up being an assistant. You're listening to Chats with Kat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to share their journey of self-actualization, overcoming fear, and paving the way for a soul's purpose to shine through. Let's start that right here, right now. Let the beauty of what you love be what you do. That is a quote by the amazing poet Rumi. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Chats with Kat. I hope you are all doing great. I am actually still feeling the high of this past weekend in which I witnessed one of my best friends get married to his soulmate. And I am just really thinking about life in a different way and just how quickly everything goes by because I witnessed my first close friend get married and had been there since the very beginning and I saw the evolution of their relationship and when I look back I just can't believe that things have happened so fast I mean I don't know it's just it's just crazy uh I've been reflecting a lot on just how much I need to focus on being present and appreciating the journey because before we know it a decade will go by or 20 years will go by and if we haven't been paying close attention we'll miss out on the really precious moments that make up every day you know on that note we are on to a great chat with wardrobe stylist sydney page she is a old friend from miami but is now doing big big things in new york city and we finally caught up after almost 12 years i think a bit about sydney is that after she completed an internship she then got offered a full-time job at Vince Camuto. She moved to New York City and she spent some time in the corporate world, but quickly realized that she thrived being on set. After a few months of research and prayer, a freelance assistant styling job with one of the city's top celebrity stylists popped up and Sydney jumped headfirst into the opportunity. Since then, she's assisted in styling Alicia Keys, John Cena, Chantel Jeffries, and my absolute favorite, Cardi B. (laughs) Throughout our convos, Sydney talks about how she built up her network from the bottom up, how she manages with the cattiness within the fashion industry, what it was like to work with Cardi, and much, much more. As always, if there's anything mentioned that you think somebody you love could truly benefit from, Go ahead and share this episode. Without any further delay, here is my chat with Sydney. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode. I am here with Sydney Page. Hey. Thank you for sitting out to chat with me. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super happy to be here and to see you after so long. I know. It's been crazy. It's been over, I feel like over 10 years. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. been like 12 years, I think, Yeah, which is Sydney crazy. and I went to middle school together and played basketball for a bit in Miami. <laughs> and then she moved away. We went to different high schools, and then she moved away. And then 
like I, we just like kept in touch or I followed the, you and stuff. Yeah, it was like social, a social media situation. Yeah. Which was cool. Yeah. Which is how I feel like you keep in touch with everybody these exactly. days. <laughs> exactly. And then I moved to New York. I was following you before I moved here. Mm-hmm. And then now after years we're finally sitting down <laughs> which is still up. ridiculous i know <laughs> but hey better better late than never yes for sure uh so i wanted to talk to you because you're doing big things here thank you you are killing it <laughs> and you know it's always inspiring to see people grow and build things for themselves especially women especially women that i know mm-hmm. so for those who are not familiar with what you're up to <laughs> can you tell them what you're passionate about and what you do with your days? Yes, so um, I am a freelance wardrobe stylist, so every day is completely different, as you can (laughs) imagine, but yeah, I mean, I do everything from, like, editorials or, you know, events and all of that stuff for different people so it's it's fun but it's pretty pretty crazy (laughs) sure it's like you're doing it in new york city this is the craziest place yeah the craziest place but probably one of the best places to do it so absolutely yeah so take us on the journey of when you realized that you wanted to get into fashion and that styling was something that you could actually do as a career yeah so i knew i wanted to get into fashion when I was in high school. I that was always what I loved to do. Um, but when I got to, I went to school for it for in college. I majored in fashion merchandising, but I still wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, like what avenue I wanted to go into. So um, I ended up doing an internship here in New York for a brand called Vince Camuto, and um, I ended up getting a job there as well. But I was working like in the sales side, so it's basically like how you how the company sells their clothes to like Macy's, Nordstrom, like places like that. And it was cool and it was a great company, but it was just like, you know, after a while you just kind of figure out like that's it was just not what I wanted to do, you know, like you kind of can see where you would end up in that company and that was just and it, it was great and that's cool if that was what you wanted to do, but for me that's just which would have been an account executive, but that was just not what I wanted to do. So I just began praying on what on what you know what it was that God wanted me f- to do because I knew I wanted to be in this industry, but it's so many jobs that you can do that you just have no idea about. So, just kind of prayed on it, and um, one of my jobs there at um, Vince Camuto was to organize the e-commerce photo shoots. So, I got to basically like figure out how we distributed our images to like I said, Macy's, Nordstrom, Dillard's, and stuff like that. And so, like, three or four days out of, like, every few months, I got to be on set and, like, watch how the photo shoots, you know, developed. And it was, I just knew, like, that was, you know, that was what I wanted to do. So I just started researching and looking up. I was really, like, I just, I knew that it was going to probably have to be freelance that I started out, and so that was scary in itself. So, like, to kind of get my courage up. I was just like listening to interviews and reading articles and all of this stuff and just trying to like get the confidence to know like this is definitely something that I can do and this is, you know, it's it's possible to, you know, if you work hard to have a career at it. So yeah. I just finally made a decision. It was probably like a few, it was probably like maybe like five or so months like after I found out like that's what I wanted to do that I was still at Vince Camuto like just trying to like figure out you know, Mm -hmm. how to transition. So I found a posting for a stylist who was looking for an assistant in New York and 
it was I interviewed with her it went really well but it was still like me trying to figure out how to how to leave and convince my parents that this was the you know what I wanted to do so yeah. but yeah you That's did how it. it started, yeah, and wow. I did it. Still doing it. You're still doing <laughs> mm-hmm. it. Is there like a typical trajectory for stylists? Like, I've never heard of like a cookie cutter. This is what you got to do to become a fashion stylist. Mm-hmm. It seems like everybody has their own path. But that's from this side. Is there something yeah. on the inside that people typically do to to make it? Well, there's lots of different. Um, Wait, like st- types of styling that you can do. You can be like an editor, like mainly editorial stylist, and you can work at a magazine. You can be costume designer and work, you know, at work for a TV show or movies. Um, me specifically, I was working with a celebrity stylist, so it was she was freelance as well. Um, so you know, she was doing red carpets, she was doing editorials, you know, pretty much like things like through her, like through the agency and stuff like that. So. We were doing commercials. It was just like some of everything. So I mean, my preferred way of you know of introducing styling is like you need to intern and assist, and then you know, and then just kind of network and work your way up, which I feel like is the most effective because I feel like you can kind of tell the difference with people who have assisted and and you know intern and really know the ins and outs of things as opposed to some people who have not. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, and I'm just, like, I'm getting so much anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Same, same. (laughs) Thinking about going into that, because, I mean, if you've ever seen The Devil Wears Prada, (laughs) or, like, even just, like, you get snippets on Instagram of, like, what goes on behind the scenes, and it just seems so cutthroat and so Mm. competitive, and, you know, like, going into it a newbie and not having that, I guess respect from everybody because it seems like to me the interns and the the assistants and stuff like they're not treated the same as everybody else depends on like who your what your name is and who you are yeah so how did you get over that anxiety (laughs) and like you know that fear and also asserting yourself and making it known that you have to respect me yeah I mean it's definitely tough because like like you said everyone has seen the devil wears Prada and stuff like that I mean coming from the corporate side it's not really like that I mean at least not from my experience it was like you know I was an intern but I wasn't treated bad I was you know I was it was fine Um, but transitioning into freelance it's definitely crazy because I just feel like you're they just kind of view you as a replaceable like everyone not everyone can't be but everyone wants to be and so like you know they can they can replace you they can replace you so it's just kind of like you have to, I guess that's what it is. You kind of have to show that you are irreplaceable. You know, you have to kind of work and work hard so that they know, like, yeah, you're an intern or you're an assistant, but we we kind of need you here. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think that's that's the main thing. I mean, it was definitely. <laughs> I mean, I've been I've do, been doing it for two and a half years. I mean, I don't. If I still assist, I don't get anxiety anymore like I did that first year. I mean, it was just like. It's anxiety because I, I didn't know how everything worked. So it's like every single thing, every set, every, you know, every pull was new to me. Yeah. So that anxiety was crazy. Wow. <laughs> and like, what's what's the work ethic that you need to have in order to make it? You have to have strong skin. You have to be prepared for anything. I mean, it's still like 
like I said, it's been two and a half years I've been assisting, and there's still things on set, like, from assisting that, like, that I have to do that just makes no sense and that I just have to like adjust in that like moment what? like it was the, <laughs> the most recent thing I'm thinking of is like I was on set and we were doing a commercial for um for Nickelodeon and it was like we had we had gotten a shirt for the celebrity and it was stripes and we had and like literally right before we were about to shoot it was maybe like an hour before we were about to shoot and I was like steaming it out and like one of the producers comes by and is like, is this the shirt? And I was just looking like, um, yes. Like, and I'm, I'm assisting at this point, I'm like, yes. And she's like, this is not the right color, like going on and on, like this is not the right color, like telling the, the head stylist, like we need to change this color, like in an hour. So I literally had to leave the set, like I had to leave set, go buy this dye. Like we had to like cut the shirt off because it was like some parts were not supposed to be dyed. So like the tailor's like cutting the shirt off. Like I had to go literally get the dye, go home. Like all like I was in, I was like downtown. I had to go to my place in the Upper East Side, go figure out how to work this dye, dye the shirt, dry the shirt, come back, have the tailor sew the collar back on and like get it on set. What? Yeah, it was really crazy. Are you kidding me? That gave me anxiety because I was like, if I mess this one shirt up in this with this dye, like it's going to be over. Holy crap. Yeah, that was pretty crazy, but we got it done. So that that's the moral of like almost every crazy fashion story is like, it's crazy, but you almost always like, somehow some way figured out oh my god you just like have no choice like no is like not an answer or like this like if you think something's impossible like it can't like it can't be impossible like they would never no like, <laughs> like they would be a- like what do you mean no like you need to try to get it done like wow yeah i don't think i have the nerves for it i think i would be crying all the time yeah it definitely needs some some tough skin yeah but if you love it like yeah you do, exactly like, okay fine i'll figure it out and yeah. then so what's that feeling like after you get it done that's like the best feeling ever in the world like when it's like <laughs> but but it's like i don't stop like being nervous about it until like it's it's there it's done you've done what you needed to do in it and you're home and that's it yeah like once i get home then i'm like okay that's fine like i don't like you know you can't like have relief yet Mm -hmm. like no you just never know what's gonna happen but is it like is this the majority of the time is there something that really (laughs) it's literally i mean like you'll have some times where it's like okay like that was a smooth set like that was nice but like pretty much every time like it's something that like like either like maybe you bring things and the client is like oh well do you have (laughs) Do you have something that I never told you that I wanted before? And you're like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> like, you know, but like. you can't say no? Exactly. Like, oh, well, I can find it for you. Like, <laughs> even though we have 20 minutes, like. <laughs> so what happened, like, take us on the journey of what it takes to actually pull <laughs> clothes for clients. Because like I was mentioning to you earlier, I had no idea what goes on behind the scenes of actually what it takes to put a rack together Mm -hmm. and the fact that you have to go to so many different lengths to just get two or three pieces yeah how does this work I mean because you have to like depending on what it's for I mean like if you're pulling let's say for like a celebrity and it's like a red carpet or something I mean you just have to reach out to like all of these different designers hope that they approve you first of all because even though it's a celebrity they don't always approve like you could reach out to you know obviously if it's like Chanel and Gucci like it it needs to be an like an A-lister or they need to really know you to 
you know, to pull, but like even some of like the smaller brands, like you'll reach out for a celebrity and they're like, sorry, we're gonna have to pass on this one. And we're like, oh crap. <laughs> like, so what okay. does that mean for them to approve? Like, does that mean that you get the clothes and you, the celebrity wears and then you return it? No, so that means like, I'm sending you an email and saying, hey, I'm styling this person. Like, I would love to pull these three looks or these four looks or so. And then sometimes they read that email and they're like, mm, sorry, we're going to have to pass on this, like for whatever reason that they say that they're going to pass. And then, or or they'll say, okay, like that's fine, but we can approve this, like only one look maybe. So, you know, it's like you could reach out to 10 people and they only approve two looks. You're not, That's not even a whole rack. But I've, I've heard that, so sometimes you guys have to like front, you have to like pay for it out of your own pocket first sometimes or um, a certain you know production will give you money ahead of time and say go mm-hmm. buy this and then there's a third option where you say the celebrity is going to wear it or actually there's four options i guess or you tell me you know more than i do but then there's the other version which is like um the celebrity wants it if they can they keep it like can you gift this to them yeah yeah so all everything you said is right it just depends on what you're pulling it for mm-hmm. so like if the celebrity wears something in and the you know the brand wants to gift it to them they can that's up to them like if they do or not or um sometimes yes the production will give you money that's that's mainly for like if it's like in like a commercial or like you know something for like a bigger company or like a a campaign or something like that maybe they'll do that um yeah or if you some a lot of times if you're like just coming up or just starting or even sometimes like if the client just wants something, you maybe have to put the money up and wait for it later or, yeah. you know, do what you have to do. So. That happens often? Yeah. Yeah, wow. it happens often. Wow. Which is, I mean, yeah. I mean, it does happen often where, like, you know, you just kind of have to put it up and then just kind of figure it out or mm-hmm. whatever. You just you just do what you have to do yeah. <laughs> to keep your client happy, to keep everything smooth. Like, you just kind of do what you have to do. Wow. I, I read that. Somebody gave advice to like aspiring stylists, and one of the things they said was to have good credit. That is very true. Wow. That's very true. I mean, because even not even just for clothes, but it's like like Ubers and stuff like that. Like, I mean, th- that's really one thing that adds up is travel because you have so much stuff. Like, you are carrying bags and racks, and it's it becomes a lot. So, I mean, you can't always take the train or. You know, so you have to front for Ubers, and that's something that sometimes people don't pay you for. So wow, yeah. and and can you ask for that sometimes or no? Yeah, if the if there's a budget for it, then they'll give it to you. But sometimes it's no budget. Wow, you just <laughs> so, gotta show yeah, up you're just and like, it out. Hey, yeah. Wow. Yeah, God, I don't think that's something people consider. Yeah, that that's really like something that yeah that people probably don't really think about that and i mean you have all that car. stuff yeah you have all that stuff and people don't realize how you got it there it's like how do you think i bought these three racks and <laughs> you know like yeah. five like huge bags yeah and nobody here has a car in new york so it's like you have to exactly Damn. exactly that's crazy mm-hmm. who is your biggest fashion inspiration my ba- as in like a style and a stylist or like fashion for like my like how i dress both actually um for how i dress um there's a lot right now though i'm really obsessed with aurora james from feather bellies mm-hmm. i'm obsessed with just her whole vibe and you know I, I really love it so 
that's kind of my my mood right now mm -hmm. is hair but um as far as actual stylists i mean june ambrose is a huge you know just inspiration for her longevity in the industry and just like how you know that's just inspiring to me for someone because she's the same way like she was working a regular like a corporate job she quit to you know to intern and stuff like that and just kind of like figured it out and made you know and made a way and now she's a legend just, wow. just on tour with jay-z currently so it's wow. just like you know so i mean that's that i think that just like speaks a lot of volumes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow do you so how do you make friends in this industry <laughs> you don't no i'm kidding is <laughs> that's tough i feel like this industry is very it's very competitive and it's hard to make friends who are genuine because i just feel like now it's like people just kind of want to make friends if like in the industry like if you can help them in some way it's not always genuine so i mean but there there are very few people that you do meet and then you're just like you know you just kind of click and I mean, it can be from anywhere, from on set or from, like, people that you... Because you email people so much, and so that sometimes happens, or people that you just start seeing around all the time. So it ends up being ver a very small network you you start to realize. I was going to ask you. So it's yeah. like, do you tend to see the same people? Yeah. <laughs> you mm. tend to see the same people, or you see the same, like, PR people that were working at one company that you were emailing, and then they pop up at another company, or, like, it's very... It's a very small industry. Well, that's that's the thing that I think scares a lot of people who want to get into this because it seems like you really have to know the right people. And it's like if you are in the middle of nowhere and you want to move to New York City, it's like there's a million people with a dream of getting into fashion. How mm -hmm. do you separate yourself from everybody else? Yeah, I mean, as far as like getting into it, like moving to New York, like my network had really like no creatives I mean besides like a few of my friends that I just kind of like grew up with here like I, I didn't know anyone else like so it was the same way just like I left you know my job at Vince Camuto and was searching for open internships and assisting and stuff like that that's the only way that I made my networking it wasn't like I just kind of like knew someone while I was working I was like hey I'm trying to do this like it was just the same way it was like I was applying and I interviewed and ended up being an assistant so but does that happen often where people like know one person and like that person will just get them in oh yeah that definitely happens for really? sure for sure it does so is the majority of it like who you already know and then sometimes you get to go the traditional route and you'll manage to get in I, I i honestly think it's a mixture nowadays i think that there are definitely some people who just kind of like knew the right people or it's some people like you know social media is just very big now so it's just like kind of like sometimes if you just dress well people are like oh you style me you know so really? that yeah happens? that 100% happens wow look at so, that yeah but i mean at the end of the day i feel like the most effective way at least in my opinion, is to like assist in work because like I said, you just never know what can come up and it's just like some things that happen, I'm just like, I would have never been able to figure this out on my own. Like I'm glad that I saw it happen somewhere else <laughs> and like, you know, so now when it comes up, like, you know, it's just kind of like you, you catch on and you know how to fix it automatically. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like for what you're doing, you have to have a healthy relationship with fear. Yeah yeah I because mean, you take risks all the time yeah 
every day is, is a risk because you don't know when, you know, your life is like, you just are constantly hustling you in, it's like only so much that you can do. I feel like sometimes, you know, you just kind of have to like work hard and just know that like, you know, that the, that your word is like being spread around and, you know, because it's like referrals. A lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. hit me up and I'm like, I've never met them before. They're like, oh, well, I heard so-and-so told me to reach out to you. So it's just like, oh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, you have to make good impressions. Wow. So at any given time when you're on set, it's also like a networking opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Those are your most important networking opportunities. Even if you're not, if that person isn't actually there. The person that will hire you in the future is not. Yeah, exactly. You never know. That's that's the main that like the main thing is like you never know who people know. You never know who is watching. You never know who people are telling. You know. Yeah. So there's been some people that reached out. They're like, oh, so and so referred me to you. I'm like, who? What? Like, I had no idea. So that's that's definitely a huge thing. Has there ever been a one moment in particular that really struck you in terms of just realizing that? I didn't re- well first of all I didn't know that people were watching me this closely and then you end up getting a gig that you could have never imagined like that was really big for you mm-hmm, definitely twice it happened to me um, earlier like um, when I was assisting like when I first started getting like referrals and stuff um, my, the main stylist that I was assisting like texted me and was just like hey like um my old assistant is going to be out for she was working with her old assistant was working for another stylist and so she was just like yeah like someone who used to assist me was um is going to be out of town for the next like two days and she was supposed to be assisting on set with alicia keys like can you do like are you interested (laughs) like yeah um yeah i'm pretty it no matter what i was doing i was interested (laughs) like yes so like that was like that was the first time where I was just like wow like that's you know like you just really never know what's gonna happen or like you know mm-hmm. or who you can be referred to so that was definitely the first time and then the second time was I got a text saying hey my friend is looking for an assistant stylist or an assistant and he styles um, Kiki Palmer and Cardi B like are you interested <laughs> I was like in my I just remember being in my room like what <laughs> like I just had to like keep rereading the co- the, like the text like is this serious like yeah so that was the second time where I'm just like yeah these referrals are something Crazy. serious yeah so yeah let's talk about Cardi B because that was something I was interested <laughs> in knowing about because if you all go to Sydney's uh, portfolio you will see that she has Cardi B there mm-hmm. what was that <laughs> like yeah this was it was crazy so I worked um I was assisting her stylist at the time and that was for it lasted like three months I was assisting with her so it was a it, it was the longest time that I was like working with just one like you know like one client like almost every day every other day and you were so, seeing her like in person or you were pulling looks and then oh no yeah we were like seeing her like because the first time that I started working with her was during fashion week which was and all of this is like this was literally like the few three months right before Bodak Yellow Drop so just okay. for a timeline here but um yeah so it was like the fashion week before that happened and so yeah I mean that was the first time I was working with her and it was just like the f- I, I'm trying to remember the first 
Oh, the first time I actually saw her, I had to drop something off at her hotel, like, and it was just her in there, and I was just like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> right, like, and I'm not, like, for, I'm, a, I'm not really, like, starstruck anymore. Alicia Keys was the one person that was really starstruck. I, I couldn't speak, which was crazy, and that had never happened to me before. <laughs> like, she said, hey, and I don't even know what I said back, but that was the only time that I've really been starstruck, but, like, yeah, it was, I mean... Yeah, working with Cardi. Yeah, I mean, we saw each other like every every other day, almost every day. That's so crazy. for like three months, it was like February, March, April. And I mean, at the time, she was doing all sorts of things. Oh yeah, she was still definitely big at the time. Yeah. I mean, she was, we were doing shows with her, like going back and forth with um, fashion shows and her appearances and whatnot. And yeah, it was just a lot of everything did a uh, music video the um lick music video mm-hmm. we did that um yeah a lot of stuff in between that time but the thing i'm interested in knowing is that you know you guys have to not only style for like a shoot or an appearance but you also have to work or think ahead because mm-hmm. I, I don't know how this information was given to you if like you had like one day to pull all these looks, but is oh, that yeah. how it was? Yeah, I mean, cause sometimes sometimes it's like you know ahead of time, like oh well, I have you know she'll be like oh we'll I have this like coming up, so you can kind of plan, but then it's like sometimes it's like oh hey just realize that like I'm doing this interview tomorrow, like we need a look or you know, so I mean, but the only the only good thing about that like when you're styling someone that often is kind of like you kind of have stuff like you know mm-hmm. you're just like all like constantly pulling stuff so it's not like but i mean it's still difficult but <laughs> and it's still yeah. a lot it's still stressful especially yeah. when they're on that type of level but that's that's insane yeah which now it's just even a bigger level which is crazy but she's doing amazing right now yeah and i mean like so did you <laughs> i'm just like so fascinated <laughs> like i mean because we only see her she's just so she's so transparent oh yeah but i mean i'm just curious to know once you have a work relationship with people like that how you how clothes and having such an intimate uh, exchange because you're you're styling them and you're you're basically trying to express something with Mm -hmm. their clothes and trying to put together a visual of what they have in their mind Mm -hmm. and you have to talk to them and brainstorm and do all of that and say yes and no like how does that further along or how does that relationship build through time when you're doing things like this together um so i i mean when you're first starting out i think it's a little bit tougher because you just are kind of like going off of like like vibes kind of you know but after you start working with someone for a while you just are kind of like you see things you know like that's like that's her you know like that's that person this is gonna look good on them they're gonna love this you know so I, it it really evolves into into that type of situation hmm. so i mean you know people clients always have different requests sometimes and you know but i think once you work for someone for a long amount of a long period of time it's like they you pretty much know what what you're bringing to them Mm -hmm. at some point you know Mm -hmm. and have you have you been able to just be the head stylist for any projects yet yeah yeah so i've been working um recently with a magazine called jute magazine so we do a lot of like editorials 
Uh, I was working today on an editorial this morning, um, which was really nice, and it was for um, Michelle Prada. She's on the new show on Stars called Vita. Oh, um, nice! I just heard about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we um, did an editorial with her this morning, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, so it's just been a lot of a lot of that. In that <laughs> process. That's it. Like once you start. At this point, you're not assisting anybody. Like, you are the person. Yeah, yeah, which is nice. Yeah. But How does yeah. that feel? It feels good, but I'm ready for, like, <laughs> you know. I mean, if, it's good, though. It's good to be, like, you know, to actually, like, be able to own things, you know, mm-hmm. on, my, on, my, on my own. So it's been, it's been good, though. It's still a process. What, what do you think has been the hardest thing to learn throughout this two-and-a-half-year freelance journey? just to you just can't predict anything it's just like it's very much like you just have to do you just have to trust in in the process honestly you know what I mean you just have to like it's been tough to just like do you know you just have to know that you're doing a good work know that you're working hard know that you're hustling and that you know you're making the right connections and and leave the rest up to God it's just like I don't (laughs) You can't worry about anything. It's like I've gotten jobs that just happened like le- very last minute. Last week I was like just out and like someone's like, hey, I'm styling this person or I'm shooting this person tomorrow. Like, can you shoot? I'm just like, well, <laughs> yeah. But so basically like, you're on call all the time. Yeah, all the time. I mean, you never know when you're going to get an opportunity. It's like literally just at any moment. I have become addicted to my mail app because <laughs> wow. it's just like things just come through at any moment. It's really crazy. Let's say that you are, I don't know, it's seven o'clock at night and you have a face mask on and you're watching Netflix <laughs> and you get a call or you get a text saying, that you, you know, like you're going to, somebody needs help styling somebody the next day. Like, do you have to have clothes in your apartment at any given time? It, it, first of all, if you saw my apartment right now, <laughs> it's like I live in a huge closet at this point. Like, some like you just kind of like build a kit at home. Like I have shoes of like almost every size. <laughs> it's just kind of ridiculous. But I mean, but it's just like you never know what you're shooting. So it's always going to be sometime where they're like, "Oh, we're shooting like tomorrow," or "Can you style this person tomorrow or the next day?" And you just have to figure it out. You gotta either work with what you got, or uh, do you send like emails in the middle of the night and people actually respond by the early morning? Or uh, you can. I mean, if I usually I just like draft them at night and then <laughs> I just like fire them all off in the mor- like first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that's that's usually how how I do it. But you just literally you let you never know. So it's yeah. like, is it one of those situations where it's like you have the Uber and, the, and you're just like, don't leave because we have a next spot to go to. And then mm, that. It's, it's never really like that because you just have so much stuff for a shoot that it's just like you kind of have to like, at least some sometimes it's just like you kind of like have to readjust, you know, like because mm-hmm. you're always going to need different things. You're going to need different sizes. You're going to, you know, so it's hard to like hop from one thing to the next if you're working alone. Mm-hmm. If you have a team, then yeah, that's that's nice because you can kind of like be like, okay, well, you take this back. I'm gonna go here and start this, like you know. Right. So, it becomes. Oh my God, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in awe of you because you're so composed <laughs> and you're so chill, and I'm just, I don't know. I just feel like I would be 
a, a wreck. I really would be. <laughs> I would be one of those people like self-medicating or something. But I mean, how do you stay grounded and rooted and at peace throughout all of this? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm just that's always just kind of been the person that I am. Like, even if I have a lot of anxiety or if I'm like nervous about something, you're really not going to be able to read it on my face. I'll, well, you're not going to be able to really read it that much. So it's just kind of like, I think that's just kind of like from growing up. That's just how, that's how my family is. That's how, you know, it's how my mom and my dad were just kind of taught us. You know, we just kind of like, every time I tried to worry about something when I was younger, my dad is like, okay, well, can you change it right now? Like, okay, well, then what are you, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what are you complaining about? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like that mentality. It's just like worrying and freaking out and doing all of this extra stuff is not helping any situation. So I just kind of like, I think throughout the years, it's just kind of like how I keep my, how I keep my composure during wow. things. And I've worked with people who are like, who sometimes take that the wrong way as mm -hmm. it, you know, like sometimes they kind of take it as like, as I'm not stressed out about it, even though it's like, but it's like, that that doesn't solve anything. Right. So. And do you see that most people are on set frantic all the time? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of people, like I mean, yeah, a lot of people are like that. Like, you know, they just, one thing goes wrong and they're just like very frantic, but it's like, you can you can handle a situation without being you know without being frantic, but yeah. that's just kind of how how I am. Wow, yeah, yeah, it must be so great to have you around when everybody else is <laughs> acting like that. Because at least like maybe some people will look at you and be like, oh, okay, it's not as bad as we think it right. is. Right, <laughs> that's how one one status I was working for was always just like you kind of like help me chill out because it's just like you know they they were the, always the ones who was like, oh my gosh, this is happening like this and the other and like okay, well, first we should do this. Mm -hmm. Like, then, you know, you just kind of have to, like, break it down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I think fashion and, like, what goes on behind the scenes is glamorized a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I only ever see the perfect images and the perfect outcome. But what are some things that go on in this industry that are not so glamorous, that people don't consider before getting into it that they maybe should mm -hmm. the one thing that i always say is the like the manual labor it's so it's very draining and it's just like something that i feel like always turns people off from like wanting to wanting to do it period wanting to intern and assist people just are like okay i'm gonna intern for you and then you know, I'm going to end up working with this person and just hanging out all day and putting clothes together. People are like, oh, well, I, you know, I know how to put clothes together. I'm like, okay, well, that's not, <laughs> that, that's the last thing. Like, you know, it's just a lot of like, I mean, because if you imagine, it's just like, say you have two racks of clothes and, you know, uh, 50 shoes. It's just like, how do you get that stuff somewhere? You know, you have to go to the showrooms. You have to pick all this stuff up. If you're in New York, you're carrying all of this stuff. You don't have on the train or whatever it is like do you do that often do you have to like carry it on the train very often wow. I have just become I think at when I first started it was just like it was just so crazy to me like obviously I did it but I was just like there has to be an easy way <laughs> but now it's just like it's just become like when I know like I have to do pulls or returns like I literally just I just get my suitcase and I just put on a music or a podcast or something and I just take that suitcase all over New York and just wow. pick stuff up and it's just like 
that's my workout for the day. Wow, that is you just a like yeah, it's just like that's what I had to do today. It's just crazy. But I mean, that's that's the one thing that like turns people off. They're like, "What? I have to go to eight showrooms today and pick up garment bags and bring them back and then go and I'm just like, yeah, well, that's you gotta that's, sweat. Someone's gonna do it. We're yeah. all do, like, you know, yeah. we all do it. So wow, yeah, this is fascinating. This is like, really not something that I like. Nobody has ever exposed this side. Yeah, and it's so important that if you know, if anybody's listening and wants to get into this industry, it's like. You know, obviously, you know, hold it to to the standard that you want to. And if it's something mm -hmm. that you love, like, you know, be in love with it. But do understand that it's going to come with, you know, some of these things. And yeah. you have to be able to say, okay, it's worth it. Like, I don't mind being on a train with a suitcase, sweating and, like, bumping into people and having to email people. Like, because the outcome and being able to see my work on a magazine mm -hmm. or interact with this person is worth all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If there was one message that you could get out <laughs> to the world <laughs> what would it be um i would just say like i think that a lot of times people don't feel like they can do certain things like you know i feel like they think that what they want to do or like these dreams are like too big for them and i never really understood that like obviously i'm not at the space that i want to be in like or not the space that i want to be in or like my ultimate goal but I 100% believe that it's achievable and that that with hard work and, you know, with prayer and faith, like, that that will happen. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's just very important. Like, whatever you want to do is possible. If that, you know, if that's placed on your heart, if that you feel like that something is truly your calling, it's not, it's not too big of, you know, of a dream to achieve. So I just, I think that people get so caught up and think that, like, oh, well, this is so cool, but that's just not you know it's it's too big or it's not it's not achievable and it really is mm. so and where where do you where would you like to see yourself in five years five years yeah. um i just i i, I really for my my career i just want to see longevity like you know i feel like there's a lot a lot of stylists that just like kind of come and go or whatnot but there are many stylists in this game especially right now who are just like at the at the top of their game and you know they're in Hollywood reporter and things of that nature and it's just like that's I don't know if that's five years but that's you know that's my that's my ultimate goal is to just be a stylist of, of longevity amazing yeah if people would like to follow your journey or check <laughs> out what work you've done in the past where can they find it you can find it on my Instagram at Sydney page s-y-d-n-e-e-p-a-i-g-e underscore or my full portfolio is online at front-page.com. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for this. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. Well, that was this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. If you'd like to keep up with Sydney, follow her on Instagram at S-Y-D-N-E-E-P-A-I-G-E underscore. Thank you for tuning in and we will chat next week. Sending you all lots of love. Bye. <laughs> that was this week's episode. I really hope you all enjoyed it. If there's anything you'd like to chat about, send an email to cat at catlantigua.com and I will make sure to get back to you. You can keep up with me in between episodes by following cat.lantigua on Instagram and heading to catlantigua.com to opt in to receive my weekly newsletters. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. 
I'm sending you all lots of love, light, and good vibes. We'll chat next week.